Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Shamai hello and welcome to this podcast. I'm your host, Sam Cook. Over the next half an hour, you'll be hearing from some of this country's biggest stars. From where they got their big break, to struggles that they may have faced along the way. In this week's episode, we'll be putting comedian Anna Thomas in the spotlight. So, Anna, we are not conducting a seance. We are uh, doing a podcast. Hello. We How are. are you? Hello. I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. You're, you're riding the wave of Lady Bigfoot at the minute, aren't you? I am. I'm, I'm having a lovely time with her because I sort of, it's, it's the first time I've done something where you sort of put loads of writing and stuff into it, make the thing, and then you don't know. Like, with, I do stand up comedy uh, mostly. So, with that, that's like an immediate reaction. You know whether the joke is good or bad because the audience are going to tell you. Um, but with sort of the short film Lady Bigfoot, I didn't know what it was going to be, like the reaction. Obviously, I was working with a, like a lush group of people and obviously very confident in them, you know, the director, Rhino Bunna. But I just, I, I don't know. I was still like, I, I wrote the script. I was the first time acting and stuff. I didn't know how I was reacting, what the reaction was going to be. And it's been lovely, and I don't know, I've really enjoyed that. The costume looks hella itchy. Wasn't it? surprising? It's very comfy because it's got two layers. Um, so the what's called the company made it white star. They oh, they made it so comfy because it's got an, underneath. It's got like a mesh layer, and it's got all this like padding and stuff to like make it all bigfooty like body and that. And then like a lush fur thing on top of it. And even though we we're like recording and like proper heat and that, and it was all yeah. sunny and stuff, which was good for you know. The recording, you don't want the cameras out in the rain. But in that suit, I thought, I'm going to melt, I'm going to just evaporate. And actually, it went all right. And I only noticed at the end of the day when like the costume person was taking it off me, and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. This is soaking wet. <laughs> How long would you film for in a day? Um, it'd be, well, I'd be in the makeup chair for like a few hours in the morning. And then, so like two, three hours, I think. And then costume, like, 15 minutes putting that on um I think it was all day really because we had a lot of night scenes outside and obviously like in the di- inside you can control whether it looks like night or day but outside in the woods not much we can do so it would be most I don't know get to set like eight nine in the morning I think and then go home like quite late at night um but I quite enjoy I'm a night owl it was yeah. absolutely grand of me. And then, you know, the morning bit, I was just getting my makeup done and stuff and having a lovely chat. And, I, and they would tell me, be quiet, close your mouth, shut your eyes. Lovely. I was meditating and not even knowing it, just sitting there still for a couple of hours each morning. And being so involved in the production process, whether that be writing, acting in it, did it turn out the way you wanted it to? Yes, it was obviously it was a lot to learn because it's my first time working in that sort of environment. First time writing a full like script for like to be for um screen and that. So I've written an audio one before, but not like a screen one. 
and first time working with like there's there's loads of things with production crews and things I just didn't know like all these bits but I it was such a lovely environment to learn there and there was yeah there was they were so they were really like Ryan Brecht is so he's he's got a beautiful eye for things and so he's he's made a film for it all and I loved it and it's so beautiful. So I trusted him and but I also like he was so nice incorporating bits where I was like, What if we did the umbrella this colour? And da, da, da. and Tash Lockout who worked in the art department as well. She was like they were so lush. They like really like went on board with like, yeah, and make this look da, da. so it did come out like how I wanted and things. And obviously there's bits in the script where I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm still learning things but like everyone was so talented, wonderful. Like, you know the cast, the like crew, everyone. I just they brought so much to it that I couldn't even imagine. And like you said, it's your first time in an acting role. Do you think you'd like to do more of that in the future? Absolutely, I loved it. So I was terrified because again, I haven't got, I haven't had any formal training. I don't know. Um, and luckily, the Bigfoot character is quite similar, but as my voice is my, you know, I wasn't having to do an accent or anything. But it does, it did make me go, what if I, I do want to do more of this? And I do enjoy it. I just didn't know I was allowed to do it, to be honest. And like, um, and I think it did help having the costume with the acting, because I didn't feel like, if it was just me like this, and I was doing some of those scenes, I feel like I'd be more out in the open. But I had prosthetics on. I had like a wig. I had a whole costume, um, which to be fair, it was so comfortable. I'd forget by the end of the day, I had prosthetics really on most of it now. But it helped me not really feel like I was putting this persona on and I was like yeah I, I am someone who can do acting but yeah. me myself here I feel like we're very vulnerable but I would love to give it a go and if it's prosthetics definitely it's such a wild idea like who thinks of Bigfoot and a love story like it's the most r- random thing so that where, where did that all come from for you where did you first get the idea I don't know I don't I like so I, I love watching like things about cryptids and things like that and just I don't know and like just little stories like Tilsi Unexpected Black Mirror and things like and like I don't know and um the Mighty Boosh and thing well that's not short stories, but you know what I mean? That sort of things where you like keep for like a little bit you're in a different world. And so I've always that's the sort of stuff I watch and like Gremlins and E. T. and things. I, I love all of that sort of um like it's sci fi, but it's not, isn't it? Mm. Um I'm a big fan of that sort of stuff. So I'm always thinking about stuff like that. So then when the production company, BC Media, they were like, oh, have you got any ideas for characters? We're thinking, we've got this, um, there's an incentive for short films. Da, da, da. Have you got ideas? And I was like, I sent them a couple. And I'd be thinking about this Bigfoot thing. Just, I don't know. It felt, it sounds that, it felt obvious to me, just like a Welsh Bigfoot, like a little, because there's so much woodlands and stuff. And like, especially where I grew up, Burryport, Lashley and Pembrey and stuff, has got lush woodlands and stuff around there. And it just felt obvious, like, you always used to hear things about big cats and things. I was like, well, what if there was something? I, like, imagine that we haven't discovered everything in the world, because yeah. otherwise it's very boring. So it's like, what What if like, we have big feet, Sasquatches and stuff living with? And then the love story element, I don't know. It's a bit worrying, isn't it? I mean, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum, but, like, it, it is. Where where have I jumped from that to that? I guess um, I, I love, like, putchy stories and that. Yeah. And I was like... And I was thinking maybe it'd be relatable if, like, because Bigfoot lives by himself in the woods. And, like, a lot, for a lot of people, especially with the lockdowns and things, we've, a lot of us have been by ourselves. 
pine in and like oh like in different ways like you know a lot of people do feel lonely and stuff and we feel like we're outside of things and we're just watching the world wishing we can participate and I guess a love story that's just a bit like that watching from a lot of you know humans as well watching from the outside being like oh I wish I could just but I can't because you know it's self-constrained or with Bigfoot maybe she shouldn't um but like well the way well putting it like that um we don't know what she's up to (laughs) <laughs> would you ever revisit the character i'd love to like there's lots of bits i'd love to, you know there's bits like i'd you know give her a name and stuff um because i purposely didn't because in my head the only character she's met is carol her, her best friend the human um, if people haven't watched or listen but well, i watched it i listened to anything to it um it's carol's a, a human best friend who works in like a science department and behaviorist department nearby who accidentally came across bigfoot and now they're friends and they sit and have cups and tea in the woods but no one else knows about a um bigfoot and um yeah obviously there's open ends at the end and people don't know what happened um which i wanted it like that i don't i i like leaving people going well what if she's still living there and badgering what if she has been together what if she has had to move and did it um so i'm happy leaving it but also i would if the opportunity came the right opportunity and things at the right time did it i would love to write more of it and make more I've, i I know in my head because it's a character i've been thinking about already like before we made it or do you think i've already got like things of like oh yeah what she did this and da, 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 yeah and um so i've got ideas and i would i feel like there's a lot more to tell about her and stuff and and the other characters as well like jared um so there's um in the film there's a character who's like a massive he works in the same um animal behaviorist department as carol bigfoot's best friend and he's got an inkling that bigfoot exists and carol's like no no not at all um not like that <laughs> um but what's it called the stories like I'd like to give his backstory I'd like to give Carol's backstory and things and just and how she discovered Bigfoot because I I feel like I know how, how she did and what that first meeting and just things about how did Jared the person who's obsessed with Bigfoot and you know cryptids and things how did he get to that place um what was he like as a child and just and everyone and just yeah I just think there's so much to tell about all the other characters and just I with all the cryptids and things, there's so many myths, and it's such a like a you know, just Google yeah. Bigfoot and stuff. There's so many different, maybe not Lady Bigfoot, but not Google Lady Bigfoot. Think of Bigfoot, that there's a lot of some dodgy stuff online. Um, so I'm glad I'm sort of, I mean, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum, but I'm just glad I'm adding some PG bits in to yeah. that search. Um, but yeah, I just feel like there's, there's it's such a rich, um, like. I don't know subject. There's so many people interested in the idea of it, and like, I mean, there might be big feet. Who knows? Real in the world, but like, there's so much out there that just like, there's so many areas you can dig in, and sort of, and also to bring the Welsh element, and like, yeah, just there's so many areas in Wales, and so many like Welsh cryptids and things, and I just, oh, I don't know. I'd love to do more Lady Bigfoot stuff, but also, I'm I, I'm happy with the what we made. What's the response been like to it so far? What have people been saying to you on social media or Twitter or Facebook? What what they've been saying? They've been lovely. So I won't like the night before and the night of. I was feeling really ill. Like I was actually ill as well. I had like um sinuses, which was like making my teeth really hurt. Sinus like inflamed. But also I was feeling because it's the first time I've done anything like this and like least anything like this. I was not feeling well. But then the response was lovely. Like not just friends and family, but like people I don't know and. 
you know, like comedians, I really love like coming up to me and be like, "Oh, I watched it," and I was like, "You watched it," and like you know, I'm so grateful one that they went out of their way to watch it because it's something you have to search on iPlayer to find and things, but also that they liked it and they to say they liked. It. I've just been blown away. Um, it's been really, really lovely, and it's I don't know, I put. I put so much time, effort, everyone did, so much time and effort into making it and so much, like, I don't know, ripped my heart out and plopped it in a script. And then just so the reception has been, I don't know, comforting. And it's made me want to make more stuff, definitely. Yeah. It's been lovely. I've not had anyone say anything mean yet. But the doors it... are open. Hey, <laughs> I mean, you know, after this, well, turn those comments on. Exactly. Come on, open and floodgates. Bring it on. And it's been quite a mad time for you recently, Anna, because you've been nominated for the Sean Locke Comedy Award, which is just like, how does that call even come in? Saying, I don't know. I got it was very surreal. So I got the person who nominated me. I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but they're lovely. Um, but the person nominated, they um messaged me and said, I want to nominate you for this. Another time, I'd been at a festival, comedy festival in Ireland, um, Kilkenny Cat Festival, doing gigs, and I was on my way back, and it was the first time I was just happy with that. And I got this message, and it was over time, I was like, what? He said, I want to nominate you for this. Can you give me some details, you know, just to say what you're doing, what you've done, what you want to do, sort of thing. I was like, what is this? And I, I sort of, I, and then I sent it off, da-da-da. I was like, nothing's going to come of it. You know what I mean? I just... You don't, I don't know. I think it's a, it felt, especially as the inaugural one. I was like, it's, it feels very pipe me to be like, yeah, yeah, I got that. Um, so then, yeah, I um, sent that off and then wasn't expecting a shortlisted. And then even when they were coming back and checking, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm probably not, I'm not probably not on the final list. And then, so when I did get in the final, I just, but blown away and just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a massive Sean Locke fan and just he brought so much to comedy on panel shows and also his stand-up show, which is also even more surreal that I, like, literally the week before I got that message saying I'm going to nominate you for the Sean Locke Award, I watched his show, like, and one of his, I can't remember the name, Um, it's the one where he's talking about the imagining audience members leaving and all the seats just hearing them flap. So when I got that, I was like, this is, the world works in very weird ways that this just, I literally... It's like you manifested it. It's, you know, it's strange that, isn't it? Do you find that, like, I'm, I try not to, like, invest too much of myself in that idea, but also... I'm a sceptic with that, if I'm honest, yeah. but there have been instances in this office where a colleague has manifested things and then they've come true. Like, it's, weird yeah. things as well, like competition wins and really random things. Yeah. So if somebody it's, can manifest me winning the lottery, you know, any listeners out there, that would be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to work. I just, like, I'm a bit skeptic as well, skeptical as well, because I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't, but also, I like that about the world. We don't know anything. We know no. bits, but we don't know everything. And isn't that wonderful? It'd be a very boring place to know. Be if we were like, this is how everything works, and this is the thing. But I just like I keep finding coincidence where I think about, or I'll, I'll be thinking about friends or someone who I haven't spoken to in like five years, and then I'll be like, I should message her. Da, da, da. And then, like, two days later, she'll message me. And it's like, where did just weird, like, things like that? Or, like, I don't know. But it's also probably, um, I don't know. There's it, a word for it, isn't it? Like, positive um, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? I'm probably uh, adding um, on to it. It's how much you believe in it, isn't it? Yeah. But also, I'm not living my life by that because 
if can, anyone yeah. could live their life like that, that would be you'd have a really exciting existence. Yeah, you know I mean? very Bruce Almighty ish, isn't it? It is. Well, is that what happens in Bruce Almighty? Yeah. I just remember he pulls the moon towards him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he manifested that moon. <laughs> but in the weirdest segue ever, because you know we, we love that. Um, you, you, so you said that. you said you mentioned that your friends there, it, your friends in school, did they know that you were going to go into a career in comedy? Was that always something you thought that you'd do? No. Um, in school, I was so shy. Same. So- yeah was the same as you were you so like dead quiet and then one day you sort of dipped your toe in sort of things and you're like oh yeah I can. yeah well my old manager used to is a stand-up comedian i'm gonna say used to be <laughs> i would cancel all the gigs in future he's a, he's a, he's a well stand-up comedian and he said that going into showbiz is for people who failed at doing something else everyone in showbiz has failed at doing something else is um, it and it's very much like like I originally wanted to be a primary school teacher and I, I, I gave up on that dream and then suddenly ended up doing, you know, TV work yeah. and journalism and all that sort of thing. So I don't know if that's the same for you. Yes. Have you failed you know, at anything, Anna? You know, in a way, so I, I, I feel like the, right, I was sort of pushed in a different direction I was planning to. So I was I I I did a degree in linguistics and English language and linguistics and I love I did literature. Lang- did you do literature? I did. Whenever I say English, people think I did literature. And I'm like, no, I did like, what is grammar? Yeah, well, Why I did, did make words? I'm not, I'm not bragging wish... or anything, but I did do lit and lang at A-level. Which people, did you? Which were, and I did Welsh. So it's like lit, lang did and Welsh. So... Lovely. I did a little bit um second language Welsh. Um, What's it called? A-level on Fair Play too. A yeah. lot of Hethwyn and things and poetry. Oh, Heth. Oh, God, that, what, a, what a throwback. Did, uh, did you do um, Shuan by Saunders Lewis as well? No, I yeah. don't I remember what we did. We did. I remember one poem about someone didn't like um, wind turbines. Very angry about <laughs> them. Very. And at the time, I was like, "Oh, beautiful poetry." And now I'm like, "Wind turbines are quite nice things. I think we mm. should have more of them." Um, but yeah, I did, I did um linguistics and stuff. I plainly doing literature as well. I remember everyone in uni who did literature, even though they had so few contact lessons, whatever, like um lectures. The amount of books you had to read was, oh, well, I mean, it's yeah. Well, why do you think but I gave boom. up? You know? <laughs> exactly, blame you. I couldn't read. Oh, goodness. I, there was a lot of, like, creatives on my course as well. There was a lot of, like, um, I remember people used to turn up to, like, lectures dressed in, like, cosplay and, like, weird, like, I mean, it was a bit, like, kind of, like, artsy-fartsy. I so. love that. I love that they were comfortable enough to do that. And it was safe environment to just be like, today yeah. I'm going to be a koala bear. I remember one um, seminar, someone came dressed as Zelda. And I was a bit like, okay, fair enough. That's, that, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, you do you. Can't remember what I book he like, was in, but. Exactly. I feel like university, that was for a lot of people. I mean, they, I don't know. I'm I'm older, but like it went like. Maybe I felt like when I went to union for lots of people, it was like a new start. Maybe for a lot of people who do this cosplay, they're like, I can, I can, I'm in a different town yeah. and amongst people who enjoy the same thing. Cause that was, you know, when you went to uni, it was like, oh, um, not, I, I, I loved English language studying, just languages and just all that semantics and oh, Noam Chomsky and all that, oh, just everything. I, I, I still have the books in them, but I went before. Not even having an inkling that I wanted to do comedy, I was I wanted to do like PhD in linguistics and just write about all that and um you know how we like think social linguistics semantics especially like meaning and like how oh just all that and how it's created and like 
Um, and then I got, but so in my, I was doing the um, bachelor's and what's it called? In my final term of third year, I got glandular fever and I had to drop out because um, I just couldn't move. I was in bed, exhausted, like proper ill. And, and then and the doctor said I had to leave um, just to rest for a few months. Um, and it took a while for me to get back on my feet and also like to have a space to go back to uni because um, I had to wait to f- be able to go back and fin- finish my degree. Um, and in that time of being away from linguistics and studying and stuff, um, that's when I, I was li- listening to loads of podcasts, like um, Comedians Comedian, Richard Heron's um, um, podcast as well and things. And just, I'm, I've always been a massive fan of comedy, like, I mean, that's such a weird thing to say. I like music. I like art. Like, it's such a comedy, such a broad thing. But, like, you know, I've always, I don't know, I've watched, always watched a lot of comedy. And then when I was listening to those podcasts, it must have planted a seed somewhere to go do stand up, but I didn't. I don't know. I, even when I, even then, I was like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think it was something I could do or I was allowed to do. I don't know. And then I, but whilst I was waiting to go back to uni um, to finish after Glandular Fever, um, because I got I got the spot, but it was still at that time of year, and I still had like while well, they were doing the first sec two chunks of third year, and I was just going to wait to go do that third chunk. I had still a time, so I signed up to like um a comedy course at Frog and Bucket, um comedy club, which is a lush club in Manchester. Because I live around there at the moment, um near Preston, and I was just like even then I didn't think I was going to stand up, even though it was a stand up course, which sounds daft. Maybe somewhere in my head I was like, but more I was just like I just miss learning. And I like stand-up comedy. I like watching it. So let's go learn for a little bit and do that. Still in my head thinking I'm going to go finish this degree, then go do my master's, then do a PhD in something in languages. Um, and then started doing the stand-up. And I was like, oh, wait, um, this is what hobbies are. Not even hobbies, you know. It was cool, but you have like um, people who love football, people who love rugby, people who love horse riding, um, dancing. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't have any of those things. I I sort of painted and hung hung out with my mates and stuff and like drew and stuff. And, yeah. But I've never had like a thing that I was like, I can't come. I've got to do this this weekend. I've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm like that though. Like it's yeah, it's like a specific hobby, and I feel yeah. like stand up comedy was that your specific hobby? It felt like it. It was my thing. Like I, I just writing and comedy and doing stand up and stuff. When I started to obviously, it took a time to like click into what I wanted. I could write jokes, but it took a time to be like, write it in my own voice. For mm. a bit, I was trying to be everyone I enjoyed watching, you know, Sarah Pascoe's and things, and just, which are wonderful comedians, but they're wonderful because they're being themselves, and they're like, they, you know what I mean? I was trying to be really composed, and I would drop stuff and knock things over, and I was like, why, you know what I mean? And those Don't things all comedians do that, though? Don't they all yeah. take little bits from... Definitely. Everywhere. Like with anything, we all get inspired by what we're seeing, whether we know it or not, because you've learned it from somewhere, isn't it? We haven't just think. Mm. Um but like I think everyone, especially in the first couple of months, mimics their favourite comedians for a bit. Who did you like, mimic? Sarah Pascoe, did you say? Probably Sarah Pascoe's, um, Sarah Millican's, Joe Lysert, like, um and things. And then but then I feel like now I, you know, I like the more watch obviously I love them still but they're, they're sort of like but now I'm like I'm starting to write in my own voice a bit more but I, I've, de- I've definitely still inspired by people 100% like do you still get nervous 
million percent. Um, like it, it doesn't go away with me. It, uh, to be fair, a lot of people say it doesn't. It sticks around, and you just learn how to cope better with. Probably it, quite a then. good thing. It probably yeah. keeps you on your toes. I only, I, I don't know about you, but I certainly find when I'm in a nervous position, sometimes I actually do better because I'm more focused. Exactly. It, it's sort of. I've got anxiety as well, so like I can be nervous just in in situations that are not like you know what I mean thing, but also like I I've learned I've learned to think of it as excitement and adrenaline. Be like you know, there's still some times where I'm like um like with the Sean Lock when I got um Sean Lock award when I got nominated for that just I was ill for days after being like oh my gosh I have to go on stage and like and people are gonna look at me and just you know for the showcase. But so there's still times where I'm I'm still learning and trying to cope with that anxiety. But it is a good thing, I think, and I it just shows we care. I think it's you know what I mean. I'm not saying that people go up and like yeah whatever go to this guy don't care. Um, but I just I don't know. I've learned to think of it as a good thing and to manage it as long as I'm not. Well, I'm 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 not as. as sick before I go on stage as I used to be. <laughs> That's good, but I'm still shaky and I'm still. Uh, I still know us, but yeah, it's a good thing. And and as with anything, um, the comedy landscape changes depending on various circumstances in the world. Like, how how would you describe the current Welsh comedy scene? Exciting! There's so many, so much brilliant talent. Anyway, like you know, what I mean, you're well established, massive ones. You have Lloyd Langford, Kiri, Pritchard McLean, um, Rod Gilbert. I feel like I'm gonna miss people, but you have ever Tidder, Tidder Owen, like everyone. There's so much amazing talent. Ignacio Lopez, exactly brilliant. He isn't is he? brilliant. Oh. Yeah, I, I've been oh. on a couple of nights out with Ignacio, and he is one of the funniest people I think. You know, when people can just. It must be something you're born with, but somebody you can chat to, and it's like I find you naturally really funny. Exactly. Yeah. He's 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 so naturally funny and so hardworking as well. You can you can be in comedy. You have to be both. You can't just go cruise on it. But he's so naturally funny and so lovely as well. Mm. He is lush off stage as well as he is on stage. Like very nice person, and he deserves a word. But there's so many people like that, and people coming up as well, like newer acts and stuff. Um, and like there's two um, Leila Navabi, Priya Hall and debuting in Edinburgh and and things and like so much massive Welsh talent and I'm just I'm excited because you know what I mean so I feel like people similar to like uh, how people sometimes see female comedians they're like okay Welsh comedian that um, category and it's like well it's not we're so different me and Kerry so blooming different like comedy styles I mean Tidiv so different and it's sort of like it's, I'm really excited and I've just seen who's coming up as well like and like there's so many like in, like you know so with um, Lady Bigfoot there was other like Welsh films and things short films made and then there was also like um, there's like panel shows and stuff so like I, I yesterday I was in like a writer's room for like um, what just happened um, like a Welsh like topical panel show and stuff like that and seeing and they bring in new Welsh talent and stuff like that in the writer's room and in the panel shows they've always got like you know, mean established and newer ones, and it's just there's yeah. I think it's a really exciting time in Welsh comedy, and it just makes me blooming proud. Not to be like a nationalist, but it does make me proud to be Welsh because sometimes we do feel a bit forgotten in you know budgets and everything. But we're making ourselves here. And with so many amazing Welsh comedians at the minute, 
up and coming talent, like you said, is going to look at those and go, I could be like that. What advice would you potentially give to them? Anyone who is looking to get into the comedy scene? I I mean, practical advice, because sometimes you ask that question. I've asked that question on a couple of times and everyone usually goes, oh, yeah. Shoot for the stars, dream big, believe you can succeed. Even if you miss, you'll land by the moon. Even, no. Yeah, Shoot. all that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I ask for practical advice. Yeah, practical. I'd say get out there. And do, so if you'd want to do stand-up comedy, go to the open mics. The way you get booked for more gigs is by meeting people and being there. Not just messaging everyone on Facebook. Don't you obviously you need to message some people on social media, but you need just go to the open mics. Meet people, write, gig as much as you can, but don't don't burn out. Don't be. Da- I know people who are like doing it like six, seven times a week, and then they're like burning out and they haven't taken months off. Do it within your own thing, and so you're not getting ill. But also, as much as you can, get out there, do the gigs, because the more gigs you do, the more they see that they like you, the more they put. Oh, I booked this gig in this place, and you just branch, and it's like a little word of mouth. Thing. Exactly. And you know, they'll be like, oh, I saw this person doing this gig and they live, da, 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 so you should book them for this. Da, da, da. And it is literally just go out, gig as much as you can, make friends and stuff. Or have a life outside of comedy as well. Don't look, because, um, and also, this is not my advice, but Sarah Millican, I think it's called Millican's Law. It might not be Millican's. Millican's Law is the one um, uh, where um, don't live by your last gig, sort of thing. Or you can live to it. If you had a good or bad gig, by 11 o'clock the next day, you have to ah, forget about it and get one. ready for your next one. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. So if you have a bad one, you have to be like, well, I'm, I need to go to my next gig. It doesn't matter. If you have yeah. a good one, because if you bring the energy, say if you did the O2, smashed it, and then next gig, you're like, yeah, I'm amazing. And then it's, it's a strange energy to bring it. I think you just need to be like, okay, reset for the next one. So I love that Sarah Milken's one. And then I think she said as well, always make sure you've got gigs in a diary, which, again, if you're not, everyone has. It's up and downy. You have to have the downy bits to have the uppy bits. Like, you know what I mean? You're not going to be constantly like that. You have to plateau at some point and da da da. So if you've always got gigs in a diary, you're always going to, like, have to have something to work towards if you want to mm. be stand-up. But yeah. And um, as someone who doesn't pay the Zoom premium, I've just noticed that we are yeah. uh, we're, we're now on uh, eight minutes, which is good. Actually, that, it, it times us lovely. Um, and <laughs> we always end these podcasts with two questions. So knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? I'd say you're OK. Stop worrying. Stop trying to like be. I don't think I was trying to be like anyone else, but I was very, very shy. And I didn't think I... I didn't talk a lot of time because I didn't think anyone wanted to hear what I said, what I had to say, or mm. what I had to say was worth anything. And that's something I'm still learning, like that with stand-up comedy and stuff, because um, it's very unnatural to be dead shy and be like, no one wants to hear what I say, and then to go into stand-up and be like, everyone be quiet because I've got a microphone in my hand and I have things to say. But it's just to be trust your opinion. Your opinion matters as well. Um, what you like is valid. There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Um, that sort of thing, like you can have taste, because I would always like like things a bit. Oh, but who cares? Your voice matters. Go make stuff and make make stuff because you enjoy it as well, not just because it. Like I used to, too far I was good when I was younger, just painting because I enjoyed it and not showing anyone, um, and just making stuff. Now I'm getting more used to showing it, but then yeah, just keep doing that and just keep being yourself you're all right as you are it's being weird isn't that bad of a thing being different isn't that bad of a thing 
and, and now with stand up it's good stand up like even though I didn't know it was weird until I started getting quotes being like she's a bit like an alien isn't she and it's like okay didn't know that <laughs> um I quite like it but it's yeah it's okay being different just keep plodding on and as a stand-up comedian is there that expectation that you are naturally not shy in real life yeah lots of, um and then when so when I, I tell her Terrified I come off a bit um, standoffish sometimes with that because I'm, but I'm not planning, I'm not intending to. It's very, I find like I'm very shy social media, yeah, wise. I might not come across, but like, because I post a lot of things, but I do, I do get anxious for posting and things. Um, but yeah, there is an expectation that off stage, but they're chatty. And to be fair, I found it jarring when I started when I'd see someone on stage and in the green room, they might be a bit like shy, but on yeah. stage they're like. Red, you know, loud and gregorious, whatever the word is, happy and like loud things. But it is, um, like I think in what's his name, Johnny um, Vegas's book, he talks about when he was walking on stage, he'd be like, something washes over him, and he's now he's Johnny Vegas and he's in thing. And I find that sometimes, not, not to the same extent, but like if I'm feeling rubbish off stage, I'll come on and it's like, oh, I'm here and I'm having a lovely time. But it, it is that thing that sometimes I am a bit shyer off stage and I'm a bit... It's different when you've got a microphone in your hand and, like, you've got material, but having normal chats. Like, I used to, I used to, I used to do, like, literally a year ago working in shops and stuff. And I liked it on the till when I knew it was, like, a script of, like, would you like a bag? Would you like a receipt? Have a lovely day. Oh, I love this food. But then when they'd go off script, I'd be like... Phew. I don't know. Yes, um, yes, yeah. I do like that breed of dog. Oh, I don't know. So it is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I am shy off stage sometimes, but it, it, there is an expectation to be exactly as loud and stuff. Which sometimes it, it'd be weird if we were like that shouty and of stuff. Of course, yeah, it would get. I mean, that when I used to work at Cardiff TV, because I'd be out every day doing vox pops, and I, me and my co-presenter at the time would be quite silly would be quite constantly sort of energetic. People people kind of had the expectation that I was like that all the time. And I was like, I couldn't be like that all the time. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it is you, but it's you concentrated. Look, I, me on stage is me. Obviously, I say daft things, but it is me essentially concentrated. But it's if I was like that all the time, it'd be... It's just not natural. What is, Exactly, and it's also like a standard. We've been very self-centered. Like, listen to me. I mean, I'm making you listen to me now, but like, da, 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 da. it's like no, it's it's going to be different because it's a to and fro. It's a conversation yeah. thing, and also we might be in a quiet cafe or something. Or like, da, da, da. like, it's very different dynamic. But yeah, it is expectation. Obviously, but I'm not well known as that, so it'd be different. It was like a big, you know, I do feel for like I don't know the Jimmy Cars and things where like you're massive. And people expect you to be rolling jokes. And sometimes you're like, I'm, I'm on my way to the dentist. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> hey, after this, things could change. This could, well, you know, this is a new stage of career. <laughs> like, no, going up I look like I'm down. doing a booming <laughs> seance with this lamb. I mean, the spooky house isn't helping. <laughs> and oh, no. Anna, just finally, um, what is next for you? What have you got kind of coming up? I'm, I'm writing more bits and bobs. Um, I'm working on audio piloty things, script. Um, I'm recording at some point, and then, um, yeah, lots of that. I'm I'm doing my first solo work in progress. I've done like split shows before, but my first one by myself. Um, one, um, I think they're both September October time. Um, one in Aberystwyth Comedy Festival, 
and one in Women in Comedy Festival in Manchester. Yeah, my first time alone on stage doing like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, so I'm working on them writing that. It'll be messy, but it's, yeah, I'm excited for it. Scripts. Um, and yeah, just gigging lots and things and just writing as much as I can. Now now I know people like the weirder stuff or whatever. Or like, you know, I didn't even think it was weird, but you know what I mean? Now that I know people will make things with prosthetics and all that, I'm, I'm writing more of that. Yeah. And just having a lovely time, Sam. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, Anna, uh, I wish you all the best with whatever you do next. I can't wait to see uh, any future projects. Uh, from all of us at Wales Online, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of In the Spotlight. For more TV and showbiz news, subscribe to our newsletter on walesonline.co.uk. Thank you.